0: It's another warm welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod We've got a huge show coming at you this week Exciting week for women's rugby yet again The start of the six nations We've got Lark Davis, the England hooker We've got Sean Lillicrap, the Wales captain And we've also got Rachel Malcolm, the Scotland captain All coming up on the pod with all the news And some big results from the Premier 15s as well I'm Johnny Hammond
1: And I'm Rachel Burford
0: And this is the Women's Rugby Pod. Yeah, big old week, Berth, isn't it? Exciting stuff just off the back of the men's Six Nations, heralded as the best Six Nations of all time. Can the women follow suit all by themselves? Where are the excitement levels right now, Berth? Oh,
1: I'm really excited. Um... Genuinely can't wait to, to see the fixtures, see how teams have been going during this really tough time, how the preparation is going to lead into the weekend. I'm really excited about the Fantasy League. Um, can't wait to get on board with that and dig some people out for having really low points. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really excited. Can't wait to, for it to all get going.
0: Oh, great. so Anna, how, how are you? Uh, how's the, the rehab coming?
1: Yeah, all good. I've pretty much graduated, or I'm telling the Physio that I've graduated from rehab. Um back into training a little bit last week. Um just just was a little bit too soon to be able to put the boots on for the weekend. Um but yeah, all good. Thanks, Johnny.
0: Good, 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 good. Uh let's we should just remind people of the fixtures this weekend from the Six Nations in pool A. England against Scotland on st- Saturday afternoon, three o'clock, isn't it? Castle Park up at Doncaster on the BBC iPlayer. And Pool B, France against Wales on BBC Wales and the BBC iPlayer as well. Join myself and Philippa Tatiet for that one. Um, very much looking forward to that one. Hey, it's a packed show, Berth. We're looking at everything Six Nations. But let's get our first guest on a uh if you can find my teeth, that'd be super. Let's get our first guest on board <laughs> today. Uh, she, You're too excited. <laughs> too excited. Yeah. I, literally, I literally cannot speak. I'm that excited. Um,
2: <laughs> uh,
0: no, let's uh, let's get a lady who has uh, certainly been making some headlines with her try scoring attributes, all from about four and a half millimeters. Uh, but no, the uh, the England oh. hooker, the England hooker, Lark Davis is joining us on the pod. It is a very warm welcome from what looks like an incredibly sunny Doncaster. I mean, it's and that's a rarity in itself, the fact that it's sunny in Doncaster. Hello, Lark Davis. How are you?
2: Hi, guys. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, we've lucked out with the weather a bit at the moment, but hopefully it'll hold out for Saturday. Um, Fingers crossed we won't have a repeat of what we did when we last played Scotland uh, up at (laughs) Murrayfield with the snow.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it would be a slight change, wouldn't it? Um, if there was a bit of sunshine, because yeah, it was, uh, it was a freezing old day. Like, we've got loads to, to get into uh, with you this morning, if, if that's OK. A really exciting week, of course, the Six Nations. Where did you guys get together? I know you've been sort of having mini many, many camps, sort of early parts of the week uh, over the last uh, month or so. Um, but when do you guys all come together up in Doncaster?
2: Yeah, so we came together yesterday. So we've just had one day in camp so far. Um, and logistically, how it works, like we sort of had gym yesterday and a few bits of skills, but today is a bit of a bigger training day. So looking forward to that, um, getting our teeth stuck into a bit more. I think people have settled, unpacked stuff, got settled into the, to the hotel. And yeah, so it's sort of probably ready to go today in terms of training-wise.
0: Just in, in terms of – because we're a rare glimpse into to the England camp um, – how does it work with, with, with COVID and what have you? Just just take us through, a, say, today, a full training day. How, how does that work with the COVID restrictions?
2: Um, so it'll probably be more in context if I explain yesterday um, in terms of, like, when we get, got here yesterday, we all did lateral flow, flow tests. Then we had our PCR tests. Um, and the results of those don't come back until today. So they've all come back today, which means that we're able to do more as a team and more together. So yesterday was a very social, like, Distance day, um, very much sort of time in your room to to get everything sorted. And today we were allowed to sort of be in our team a lot more, and progress training to to contact training. Now that we've had the results
0: back through. I, I in terms of just knocking around outside of training, it looks like a very plush hotel room you've, you've got there. But you <laughs> what you you would normally room with people, but now you don't. What, what eating arrangements? That kind of stuff
2: yeah so um eating arrangements wise we all have like our own table that's got like two meters away from everyone else and we all face a certain way and so it's a bit like being in like a school exam hall but you're eating instead um so obviously that's a bit different because you're used to sort of being able to sit with people and and chat but i mean we still find a way to chat but um and yeah roommate wise we don't have roommates at the moment so we're just on our own in a room I think for some people they love that for other people they miss their roomies I know I, I miss my roomie I normally room with Lydia, um, Lydia Thompson so yeah I think um it's one of those where it's slightly different in terms of like it when you go back to your room you're in your room then um so it's finding different ways to connect with people um McKenna does a good job she um like organises some social stuff for us to do and she's sort of always got cool ideas to do that um so we've done stuff on zoom but um yeah it's very different um it's sort of like all the mask wearing as well um but yeah we've we've adapted to it and we're sort of getting used to it now um but yeah i do i do miss my roommate. <laughs>
1: I mean, I know that you're kind of like socially distanced and maybe, you know, you're not getting into all the banter and stuff as much as normal. But I mean, what is the buzz and the excitement like this week at the moment? Like, we've been talking about this for so long the postponement of the Six Nations, you know, the disappointment there, but now it's here and now it's in this new format. I mean, what's the feeling amongst everybody?
2: Yeah, there was such a good vibe yesterday. I think everyone was just excited to be here and be in the build up to like game week. Like you said, we've been in camp a lot recently. Um, and we've been working, like, really, really hard. So, like, some gruelling sessions. So, I think knowing that we're going into a game this weekend is is really exciting. And sort of knowing the opportunity that we've got ahead of us and sort of having that prolonged period of time together is, is something that we're all super excited for. And, yeah, looking forward to what we can go out and do on Saturday.
0: Let's talk about you. Um, with debut
2: 2018? Yeah, it's No, I think... So that was my first start, but I actually got my first ah, cap 2050 that's um right out in Canada as uh I think I was 1920. So it was yeah, it I sort of got a few caps um that year and the year after, and then um 2018 was the was my first start and sort of probably where I changed sort of circumstances a bit and had had like a solid year of being like right rugby is what I want to do like I'd been previously I'd been like at university I've been teaching um and that year I went part time of teaching um so I wanted to allow for a bit more time um rugby wise to be able to train more um and so that was kind of the year where I feel like it all started if that makes sense where I really got my teeth stuck into it and sort of I haven't really looked back since then in terms of like it was quite a hard decision to make going part-time teaching-wise, um, just because sort of financially, and it was it was a big step for me because I was quite new into teaching, but um, it definitely played dividends.
0: Like it was it was a really good decision, and yeah. The the the, the reason why my mind goes back to that game because I remember speaking to um, what it would it be Matt Ferguson then, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, on the side of the pits in Italy and saying, oh, she's making a first start. Yeah. She's totally committed, dropped down work. You know, what an amazing commitment for, for a young lady to make and dinner and is really paying dividends. So yeah, that's yeah. They, they, they all ties in now. Um, and since then it's been a, been a real old battle, uh, between you and, and, and Amy can for that, that number two shirt. Um, and yeah, of late, it's been, been you the the one starting. What's your, what's your relationship like with, with Amy?
2: Yeah, I think actually we're sort of at the point where we want to help each other, we want to like be the best we can for the team. And in terms of like I think definitely recently sort of um be it in the scrum or the line out, um, it's sort of we support each other in what we do. So be it sort of at the line out, like throwing a certain ball or you can get that early in earlier, or that's a great ball. I think it's sort of you've got to see the sort of the wide wider picture sometimes with this sort of thing is is that actually we're both part of this squad and although we probably both want to be be in that starting shirt we also both have a role to play so like I, c- I can learn so much from her in terms of what she brings to the pitch and yeah I don't know whether she's saying the same about me but I think it's um yeah she it's would. it's uh it's one of those things where I think actually at the moment it's how can we all, all work together to put ourselves in the best position to go out and form. And um don't get me wrong, like like I said earlier, um like when I play against her in in the Prem 15s, it's it's always a massive battle. And I think it's also knowing what our strengths are as individual players. I think um you look at Amy's strengths and, and my strengths and there's probably some similarities but also some differences and and respecting that too. Um, in terms of, of what team they want to put out, what they want, what they want to see in terms of, of the bigger picture. So, yeah. Competitive, competitiveness throughout the squad at the moment.
1: But yeah, I think, you know, having somebody who where you're both kind of neck and neck and like you said, there selection based on who you're playing, what you might want to get out of you or out of um, Amy it's, it's so healthy to have that in the squad and not to just kind of have just one individual and not have somebody you know either nipping at your heels and and making tough decisions for for the um for the coaches but let's talk about your try scoring at Prem 15s (laughs) then I think you're winning on that round aren't you
2: yeah I'm I feel like I've had quite a lot of conversations about this recently and Um, I know Mo asked me before um, the game against Was she was like how many have you actually scored that aren't off the back of them all and I was like (laughs) I'm not entirely sure but quite like I think potentially not half and half but a few have been and in that game actually the two that I scored weren't off the back of them all so I kind of like looked at Mo and was like yeah (laughs) Um, You set her up (laughs) Yeah Um, but no like I I genuinely think it's one of those things where actually, if I nail my role and if we're doing what we want to do as a pack at at Lightning, then naturally those tries will come. Um, But also it's never sort of in, in my mind, it's, it's more so for me about going out and performing. And if, if I go out and do the things I want to do on the pitch and like I've, I've recently been working on sort of my power and making sure that I can be really powerful in those close quarters and I think that's probably shown slightly in, in the nature of the tries that I've scored they're not exactly <laughs> um running meters tries they're more so sort of five meters out or close like really like close to the line um
1: points
2: to points Two yeah. meters or 20 meters or 50 meters yeah true <laughs> um but in my mind it's sort of Putting the team in the best possible position to go and get that win, and if I can score those tries in doing that, then yeah, it's it's good. But it's not sort of the thing that's at the forefront of my mind.
0: Yeah, we can't we can't all be Simi Pam, can we? And score from 16.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she scored another great try again this weekend against Worcester.
0: She so she powerful. Yeah. 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 I was lucky, lucky enough to be there. She's a uh, incredible player. So, I mean, you, you've got a few development players now. I don't. You, you mentioned that 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 game. Flo Long played it in that game. I was very impressed by uh, by seeing her. Uh, well, does that change the dynamic of, of the squad? Because it's sort of slightly new thinking from uh, from Simon Middleton. Uh,
2: I think it's it's been a really good contribution to the squad. To be honest, like the girls that have come in have have like done so well. They've fitted in seamlessly. They and they're challenging as well, which is, you know, which is great. Um, you've got obviously players like Flo Long, you've got more the, like some really talented young players coming in. And I think it, it's really good for the squad in, in terms of that, um, that they can come in and the energy that they've brought as well has been, has been really good. So um, I think as well, sort of training wise, the more opportunities we can get to be sort of 15 on 15, um, it, it creates sort of a really good, good position for us to be in, in terms of that. But um, yeah, credit to to the younger players at the moment that are in the Prem 15s, they're coming in and, and they're showing what they're all about. Um, and yeah, they've, they've been, been a really great addition to, um, to our training squad so far.
0: So this weekend, Donny, Castle Park, great, great venue. Um, I know we won't have crowds, but um yeah, that big old stand. It's a, it's a, it's a good old ground, and a happy hunting ground for you. I mean, talk about your try scoring. You already scored a couple against uh, Canada, wasn't it, a few years back?
2: Yeah, that seems yeah quite a long time ago now. Um, but yeah, scored scored a couple against Canada. Um, yeah, I think it was two, three, three years ago now potentially. Um, but yeah, I I do yeah, enjoy please. coming up to Donny. Um, it's yeah, it'll be slightly different, obviously, without the crowd. Normally the crowd are there and they, they fill the stadium and it's a really great atmosphere. But um, I definitely think still we'll try and sort of bring that energy and create what um, the performance that we want to create in terms of, obviously, Scotland. Um, Scotland are a passionate side. Obviously, I play a lot with um, with a few of the girls from Scotland, myself at Lightning. Um, so it's set to be a real battle, I think. I'm, I'm really excited. Really
0: excited. And talk about Scotland then for us. As you say, you've probably got a little inside line to, to a few of those players. Andy, yo, know, there'll be quite a lot of knowledge uh, in and amongst the, the Prem 15 for, for the Scotland players who, who play there. Um, what are you expecting from them? Because, uh, yeah... They've become far more of uh, a challenge, and I mean that in the greatest possible respect. You know, years ago, it was sort of cricket scores, wasn't it? But uh, last few years, they're certainly on an upward trajectory.
2: Yeah, massively. You know, you look at when they played France um, in the autumns, I think it was. You know, that scoreline reflects sort of where they're moving to and where they're building. And I know that obviously we're playing for, with a few of the girls. They've been in camp a lot and spending a lot of time together. So. Um, one thing that we always know is Scotland. is they bring that passion, that physicality? You know, they've got some some really sort of physical players that we know we're gonna have to have to meet, sort of uh, chest on chest almost, to make sure that we we, we win that physical battle. Um, but yeah, it it will sort of for us more so. It's it's focusing on us, and we know what they'll bring. But I think we want to show show what we've been doing in in training. We've been working so hard in terms of um the physical pressure practice that we've been doing like it's it's taken sort of the training to a new level um i don't think i've sort of in a training session uh i think my high speed meters are sort of the highest they've ever been of which i was always trying to get higher sort of but um it will be massive in terms of like we we want to go and show that our sort of work rate our intensity is incredibly high and sort of that will
0: that will be massive in terms of what we show. I've only got I got one more question Beth. honey sitting there just listening away um do you do you get a sense it and it's always something that's always a shock to me uh, about the women's game is uh, as a collective an and individuals you, you understand the role you you have within your sport and and that's to, to drive it in any way you can whether it's on the field or, or off the field um, did you is there a sense has been even spoken about that a, you're being able to to go out and play, play sport when, you know, um, I kind of, we're coming out of lockdown now, but you've been privileged enough to, to get together as, as players and what have you, but also that responsibility that the women's six nations is by itself and a, and a real chance to, to shine alone.
2: Yeah, massively. I think the first part of the question we've all been sort of incredibly grateful, you know, we all wanted to get back to rugby and, to have been able to play the season that we have, and to be able to go into international games, you know that that's incredible. And we, and to, you know, it's something that we've we've been sort of working towards. But also, the credit it for all our medical staff and our managers that have worked tirelessly to like be able to get us to this position. Because like the work that is going on behind the scenes, like they have so much to do um, to make sure that everything is is running smoothly and going well. Um, and then I think the standalone part in terms of the Women's Six Nations, I think all of us do see that as a responsibility to showcase the women's game. And so not only to go out and perform, but also showcase what we're all about. And with it sort of being on the BBC iPlayer and BBC Two, I think that's that's massive in terms of the making sure that we go out and perform, but also showcasing the game and it being readily available for people to watch. Um I know definitely from the autumns like a lot of people that had never even messaged me before like people I went to school with um like primary school with that I hadn't spoken to for years after after the games had been on on BBC2 were sort of messaging messaged me being like oh my gosh like we've just watched a game like we haven't watched before but we'll definitely watch watch again and I think that's the sort of reaction you want to have and you want to to generate massive audiences and and to keep spreading that word and to keep building the game itself, so I think we all want to go out there and and showcase it. And I think there is a lot of excitement in terms of um, um, with the fantasy league. That's sort of um, pretty cool that they're doing that this year for the Women's Six Nations. Um, so there's there's a lot of excitement around it, but we we also know that there's a lot of responsibility to go with that in terms of making sure that we we really showcase and and make sure that the women's game is, is sort of shown in, in its best light, which, uh, you know, we all know sitting here how, how good it is, but it's important to show that for, for the audience who's watching.
0: Oh, I'm inspired. <laughs> I want to get the boots on, Lark. I want to get the boots on. No, Lark, I'm conscious you've got team meetings, um, whether over zoom or not. Um, I'm not sure, but, um, The sun is shining up there. You've got a full day of training. You've given us loads and loads of of your time already. Unless there's anything from from you, Berth? No, just nuggets.
1: Wish you the best of luck for the weekend. Really excited to see. I like I've heard Mids talk about how training's been. I've I've listened to the moans and the groans from the Quinn's girls when they come back, <laughs> but how tough it is. So it's it's going to be so exciting to see that training and all that hard work go into into the game at the weekend. And yeah, I can't wait to watch.
2: Thanks, Matt.
0: Great stuff, Mark. Thank you so much. Enjoy, Donny. Enjoy Scotland. Um, let's see. Yeah, well, we look forward to seeing you getting getting over the. Uh, the 30 cap mark over the Six Nations. And thanks so much for joining us this morning. Amazing.
2: Thank you, guys. Thanks for
3: chatting to me. Hi, I'm Helena Rowland, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod.
0: Great to have on the on the pod, Berth. Jim, I went into the the England cap, uh, was it last six? No, it couldn't be last six nations. Six nations before. Anyway. And she was across the table and really, really engaging. She's someone I always wanted to to have on and, yeah, proved to be a really articulate young lady and is growing and growing and growing within that England squad. You know, she very much started a career there as a bench player, you know, back up to, to Amy Cacayne. She's really, really now challenging for that number two shirt on a very, very regular basis. In fact, she's the incumbent, isn't she?
1: Yeah, she's gone from, you know, strength to strength. And you heard it there about how she made that sacrifice and that commitment to go part time to then allow her to, to fully engage in, in training, recovery, you know, and, and that's paid absolute dividends for her. It's in, you know, then obviously contracts came in. She's put herself in a position to be offered one and, and she understands the grip to get to where she's got to and there's absolutely no way that she's going to let off and she's going to keep hold of, try and keep hold of that shirt as tightly as she can. And, yeah, it's a great competition between her and Amy Cocaine. Both bring different elements um, and it's great to have two outstanding hookers within
0: the side. You, 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 guys spoke there a little bit about the uh, the intensity that you've been hearing from from teammates and time Middleton and what have you. Um, yeah, they. It seems like their reaction to to the lack of the the World Cup and whatever is is where that doesn't really matter. Do you know, what? let's just absolutely steam into the Six Nations. Let's continue to to build and build and see it as an opportunity to grow rather than sort of whinging and moaning about it and actually saying, right, well, in a year's time, actually, we're, we're going to be that much better anyway.
1: Yeah, look, I think initially everyone's gonna be really disappointed. But I think in hindsight they probably saw, you know, what, this is actually better for us. They lost obviously Katie Dame McLean early, so it gives a bit more time there to to fill that yeah. um, number ten spot, which is critical. Um so and I think you know that Playing in the Allianz Premier 15s, yes, it's great that we are playing, but we we still don't play the full rules. So, again, that gives an opportunity for hopefully the, the laws to, to come back to what they were, again, leading into that World Cup, get them better prepared. England obviously also wanted to play against New Zealand in the lead-up to the World Cup. That didn't happen. So, again, it, I think they see more opportunities um, than, than not with the postponement of the Rugby World Cup.
0: Well, let's uh, drill into it then. Six nations, exciting, exciting week. What did you make of the England squad?
1: Yeah, well, it, it's got talent everywhere. It's really exciting. It's I, it's really hard to, to to look at who he's going to pick, who he's going to start, uh, you know, what his thinking is, um, you know, you've got players who are all in form in the same positions um, so, yeah, no, I'm really excited. I think it's brilliant about the development players being involved to help accelerate their learning. Um, you know, we've often seen before where players have been thrown into that deep end um, and, you know, not come out of it very well. So this is a brilliant way to, to bring in players and help them learn and understand what it's like to be in that environment and what levels they've got to go to. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's exciting. Um, I can't wait to pick my fantasy league. And that's another thing that I'm excited about. Um, but yeah, like honestly, the the squad is so so exciting.
0: Anyone particularly catch catch your eye? I mean, if you follow the Red Roses, there are not too many surprises beyond that that, that development, um, which I think yeah, is, is a cracking idea, isn't it? Um, there's no, there's no negatives there whatsoever. But anyone particularly catch catch your eye in terms of whether they're new to the squad or do you not know, they they're banging form? They're absolutely nailed on.
1: Well, I think Meg Jones has been absolutely on form. She's been pulling all the strings at Wasps, so I'd love to see her get an opportunity um but at the same time Helen is playing really well Zoe's playing well it makes that combination you know really exciting about how they want to play it may depend on who which one he picks and which one he brings off the bench or maybe there's a 10 12 combo um with meg at um 12 maybe potentially but i would actually love to see meg get a, an opportunity at 10 to see what she can create there, because what she does at Was is unbelievable. And then you can, you know you look at the likes of Abby Dow how informed she is, the way she's finishing, the way she, the opportunity she's um, creating for herself. I think she's another one to watch. Um, but yeah, Ellie Kildan, another one um, up front. There's so many players that are in form. I mean, I could probably just list the whole team.
0: <laughs> just take us through your thoughts of, uh, of the game, Berth. Um... We know what happened last time these two played. It was in a sort of a sandstorm, something equated to being yeah. on, the, on the on the North Pole. Um, but it was a day later and it got a little bit of focus. Now this Women's Six Nations by itself up at Castle Park. If the weather's anything to go by this morning, it looks like it's going to be nice. It's a real opportunity, isn't it? And, and you get the sense that England are feeling that too.
1: Yeah, I think England will feel in a really confident place. They've obviously been playing regular fixtures in the Allianz Premier Fifteen. The the training that they've been doing is been real high intensity. So they're almost playing above match pace. Um, even though the Allianz Premier 15 is so competitive. Um, you know, some some of the Allianz Premier fifteen games I've been a part of have been tougher than internationals. So they're gonna feel in a really good spot. But you know, on the same same flip of the fence, Scotland have had opportunity. They've been playing in the Premier 15, but they've also been in camp a lot together. They've bubbled together. So, you know, I don't, and almost, you know, speaking to some players from from the nations that aren't full-time, they see this as a real opportunity. They feel like they're actually probably the closest they've ever been in terms of same amount of time to get together, you know, weekends. England been together for a couple of days in the week. So it's almost, you know, they see this as an opportunity that they're on almost a not a level playing field, but very similar in terms of preparation.
0: What do you make of uh, of, of, of Scotland then, and and their, their their squad? How they how they're coming into this one?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, they've they've been we, we've spoken to Jay Conkle before about this and how they've been progressing and working towards better performances for the full 80 minutes. You know, the experience that they're having in the English um, league has paid dividends for individual players. Um, and, you know, they'll, they'll be looking at that France fixture and how they played against France. And if they're able to, to bring that this weekend, then they will cause a lot of play problems for England. Um, and, you know, the squad is really settled. Um, so it's going to be an interesting match-up. Like, I think England will still be too strong, but I definitely expect a really strong fight from Scotland. You know, Lark said it, they bring so much passion and pride and that comes out on the pitch.
0: Where exactly is the game going to be won and lost, Berth? Um, <clears throat> Probably I think coach's if- hat on. I
1: think it's going to be about the pace of the game, how fast England want to play. So, it's, I mean, things are always won and lost around the breakdown area and the game line, um, but I think that the way that England want to play, they want to play fast, expansive, very direct rugby, and it's going to take Scotland to have to slow that down. Um, and if they can do that, then they'll cause England a lot of problems. But if they struggle to, to even retain the ball and slow England's ball down, then it's going to be a tough day.
0: Score. <laughs> Don't know. Not allowed
1: have to bet you...
0: rugby. Sorry. You're going to have a prediction. It's not betting. It's a prediction. You're going to have I to do bet. it for match anyway. I
1: predict, I mean. <laughs> I predict England to win. There you go.
0: Bye. 22. 22-point 22
1: winner.
0: Thank you very much. That's an insight from my match predictor. Lovely. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm Jane Cockle, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Well, let's hear from the other side now, Dr. Rachel Malcolm, the Scotland captain, to tell us how they're preparing for the game against England this weekend. Rachel Malcolm. I t- apologies on the wrp we always like to address people by their proper titles. so dr rachel welcome how are you welcome to the pod
4: yeah thank you very much i'm i'm fantastic thanks i'm
0: you know in camp and loving life so can't complain uh, absolutely uh, Big old weekend ahead of us. I mean, have you managed to have any any time on the training field this week? Or has it literally been virtual Zooms, (laughs) podcasts, this one? I mean, you're just in such high demand, Rachel. (laughs) No, we've had a good week, actually.
4: Um, We've been really lucky that we we came into camp on Sunday, which is um, a lot earlier than than usual. Um, A mixture of kind of, we've got a wee bit more support from our union in, in that respect, but also from fitting in all the tests and, and all that before we play at the weekend. So uh, we we're in on Sunday, so we've had a couple of double training days. Uh, we've actually got a day off today, which be nice. Um so yeah, it's, it's it's been really good. The the vibe's excited um and just kind of can't get wait to get going.
0: Yeah, I bet. Yeah, we we all can't um with it with the delayed Six Nations and what have you. I am just gonna ask before coming into camp on Sunday, um yes been a while since you played how, how have you kept engaged with each other how many camps have there been are those at weekends are they during the week H- how's that worked
4: yeah so it's been a wee bit um kind of a different preparation to usual six nations because like you say we haven't had any games and um, so the girls that are based up in scotland which is probably about 50 to 60 percent of the girls um haven't played since we played france in the autumn so they've had a, a long layoff um however we have had tons of camps, um, which has been brilliant. The girls that are based up here have played internally um, pretty much every weekend since lockdown was was eased. Okay. It's not much fun. Um, you know. It's, it's, it's not fun smashing into your, your teammates every weekend, but they've been working really hard. Obviously, there's a, a big portion of us based down south, so we've had a bit of game time Um, in the Premier 15s, which has been fantastic. Um, But in terms of lead up in camps, we actually have had quite a lot because we were preparing um, for World Cup qualifiers. So we had actually about three weeks together based up here. So they kind of relocated um, those of us that were down south up here and prepped for that. So we had a bit of a three-week stint, which was brilliant. Obviously, those games then got cancelled. So we went back down. um, And then we've been up here for for about a week prior to coming into camp, just to try and um, get a bit of a safer bubble, really, um, so that we were up here. But that meant also that we we were training for about a week before we actually came into camp as well. So it's it's been, you know, obviously all the kind of restrictions and stuff that are going on at the moment actually kind of benefited us in a weird way in terms of giving us that extra time together, which we've never really had before. So it's it's, it's been a really good prep.
0: Oh, great stuff. Um, what, I mean... <sighs> You guys are, most of you would, would, would be, be amateur players and there's a, a variance of ages and what have you. Just how difficult is it with, I may not be a personal thing, but with employers to say, Oh, can I have this? To, oh, no, hang on. That's cancelled. Can, oh, actually, can we move it to? I I, I, I just, it is, I can't understand how, how that works. <laughs> and there must just be some incredibly patient, really, really nice, adaptable, malleable people and employees out there. It's it is extremely difficult.
4: It's probably been one of the the key things that's come out of this year. Is that it's really tough being a, a female rugby player at the moment because especially this year with things changing so much and and having to constantly go back and change your annual leave every week pretty much. Um. So I guess from that point of view it is tough, but we probably couldn't be doing what we're doing as rugby players if we didn't have. Um, very understanding employers I've got a lot of support from from my employers in particular and um, I'm a, a lecturer so um getting kind of hover with with teaching very last minute um and help with bits and bobs along the way as well and I've got a few very good friends that that I work with that they cover my back an awful lot and I have a lot of IOUs to to, <laughs> to be repaid when I finish playing rugby um but no yeah it's it, it's more and more difficult um I must say with and um, kind of the way the game's moving and stuff like that to, to balance the two and um, but I'm very thankful to to have uh, a very understanding employer.
0: Rachel can, can you can we have your expenses please yeah it's just a load of IOUs sort of <laughs> dumb and dumber style to my friends if you could just see go to them directly that'd be fine. Yeah. Uh, but let, let's get into the, the more positive stuff uh virtual launch the other day new and weird and uh, when everybody had their mics on it, it was all, all good and well um but that was separate. That was a, fir- a first of that kind. The Six Nations is standalone by itself. Of course, we, we all know the reasons why. And I won't go into, the, is it better truncated than the sort of Autumn Cup style? Um, I think we all sort of agree that a full Six Nations is, is the way forward. But are you getting that sense that actually things are beginning to move and that you won't have to have these conversations with your employers five Ten years down the line, uh, that actually that ball is beginning to roll I- in that way.
4: Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, it's it's obviously different for every union, um, and there's loads of bits in that that puzzle that probably we as players don't understand, and and there's a lot that goes on behind those scenes. I think for us, and like for me, looking at the way Scottish rugby's moved forward, you know, we look back three years maybe, and and all yeah. we had was Jade as a as a professional player, and now we've got nine players who are professional. We've got more and more camps every year so um and we have you know more support in all different kinds of ways as well so I'd say from my point of view from where I when I started um what four five years ago to, to now we are in a much more professional setup and we are supported much better um so I think you know that shows the intention in, in my opinion going forward and I, I really do hope that that things do keep progressing and I think you know the pandemics maybe put a little bit of a spanner in the works with that because obviously everyone is struggling from a financial point of view at the moment but I think once things settle down I really do think scottish Rugby will push to, to keep improving and, and keep investing in the women's game which is really exciting for, for players of the future
0: as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, more trips to South Africa, I'm sure you're more than happy to. Uh, yeah, click into those. Look, let's get into the nitty gritty of the weekend. Really exciting squad uh, on paper. A few highlights for, for you in that squad. Obviously, there's a um, you know a few incumbents like yourself, your regulars. But take us through a, a couple of the the, the newer, fresheners names that people may not, uh, not be so familiar with.
4: Yeah, so um, Christine Belil is uh, a new kind of fresh face into the squad. She got her first cap when we were out in South Africa. Um, we've obviously not played a huge amount of rugby since then, so she has actually been in the squad a while, but not got maybe as many caps as, as she'd like. But she's a, a back row convert into the into the front row. Um, she's a big, powerful ball carrier and just an absolute workhorse, so she's an exciting player to watch. Um, Rachel McLaughlin, um is generally placed, um open side flanker. Um, she's a bit of a terrier uh, if I was to liken her to any player it would probably be Hamish Watson um, and she, yeah she's quite exciting to watch and very annoying to play against um, so I'm definitely <laughs> glad she's on my team um, and then in the back, you've got the likes of Rachel Shanklin who got her first cap against France, and, and obviously had a massive impact on that game. But but she will mm-hmm. hope to keep pushing forward with that, and 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 improve on that, and get a bit more experience as well, because she's obviously not played um, as much as again we would have liked by this point. Um, and then you've got the usual suspects, you know, Chloe Rowley at, at, at fullbacks, just so so kind of dangerous with ball in hand. And if we get her get that to her, then I'm excited to see how she goes. And and you know. Helen Nelson, Lisa Thompson, Hannah Smith um, in the midfield have just been have been influential for us in previous seasons and I really hope to see them kind of take that forward this year as well.
0: You mentioned that, that game against France. Yeah, that was um, a tremendous performance. Really, really good result for me. And I know we had, um, we had Goose, uh, Philip Doyle on the, on, on the pod um, when he was in the job and yeah, sadly stepped away due to the the coronavirus. Yeah. Um, And the brides come in and it just seems to be a real swelling Um, and a lot of players in the the Premier 15s, I think, improving that that general standard across the board. How are you going to make sure that momentum continues come Saturday, three o'clock? I think, you know, one of the
4: biggest things that was probably holding us back previously was ourselves. Um I think we we went into games, we didn't believe in ourselves. Um, we didn't have the right mindset, especially going into game versus the likes of, of England, who I consider to be probably the best team in the world at the moment. And I think that's been a big change for us. Our, our mindset's completely changed and, and our focus is much more on ourselves, but in a positive light. And um, um, I think that's that's a big thing so you know you're going to come up and be put under immense pressure against a team like England but it's it's how you manage that and how you perceive that pressure and I think just remaining together and sticking to the game plan and you know kind of not falling away from that even when the times are tough and and you're up against it as you know you're going to be against England Um, and I think that belief that we can kind of push through those times like we showed against France shows that we are in a better place Um, but we you know we People have talked about fans quite a lot, um, which is great, but we don't want to just be a one performance team. You know, we want to perform consistently at that level. So this gives us a really good opportunity. You know, we're playing, as I say, probably the best team in the world at the moment. And it's a massive opportunity for us to go and see where we're at and, and try and compete at that level again and, and do the best we can and keep pushing forward.
0: Well, we're all certainly hoping for slightly better conditions from the last time that you, uh, you, you met <laughs> England in the snowstorm. But you, you, you'll be packing down without your old chum, uh, Jay, Jay Conkle. Um, she's gone off for a little sabbatical to train as a, a firefighter. Um, just how integral to success is that battle of the back row?
4: Yeah I think you know the back row for me is always always a great battle um, in any game um I obviously would say that cuz I play there um <laughs>
2: Oh, I, the question, no, really. I think,
4: yeah. you know, particularly for England, you know, their back row is always um, a real strength for them. Um, you've got the likes of of Santa coming back from injury and, and she'll be absolutely just chomping at the bit to get back in an England shirt, I'm sure. So she'll be a tough character to keep quiet um, and someone I'm quite familiar with. So it's always fun to play against your, your club teammates. Um, and then you've got players like, you know, Marley Packer um Alex Matthews as well, who's doing a bit of fifteens of obviously alongside of sevens who are just so kind of dangerous with ball in hand, dangerous around that breakdown that you've really got to keep quiet if you want to be successful. So for us, like that is going to be a big battle. But as I said before, you know, the likes of We McLaughlin McLachlan, um and other players coming through. So you mentioned Jade obviously isn't going to be there, but we've got, you know, players stepping up and training. The likes of Siobhan Catigan, who's not got as much experience, but she's, you know, quite a like for like for Jade in terms of she's a big ball carrier, big tackler. You've got other players, you know, Louise McMillan, who's who's got a load of experience as well. Um, players like that coming through. So um, I'm sure it will be a big battle and I'm excited to see all these girls go.
0: Great. Stuff. Last question for me. I'm conscious of your time. It, what is a, a busy old week? You, you mentioned her there. Um, Madame uh, Sarah Hunter, MBE. She, I, you know, she gets really lucky <laughs> if you don't mention the MBE. <laughs> um, what is he like on the field when you're dark? Blue Navy against the White. Are there a few little words? Is there an extra little group? Have that coach? You know, is that kind of thing goes on or is it just all very polite and nice?
4: Oh, I, I don't think either of us are those kind of players. Um, you know, I think as well, when when you're in the, the heat of battle, you don't even know who's running out here, who's who's run out here, whatever it is. Um, you know, it's just... Get get your head down and get on with it, uh, especially against England, where you don't really have a chance to breathe anyway. So, um, okay. no, there there's not a huge amount that goes on anyway from me. Um, so, no, I, it's just you know, good. It's good fun and it's it's nice, especially seeing as we've been away for so long to have a game against
0: and um, people we're familiar with. Very last last question. Go for it. What is I've got to say, what what constitutes success of the weekend? And I suspect you'd say win because of that really interesting answer early on about you believing in yourselves even against the likes of England. But what what's what's the very least to accept come Saturday?
4: Um, the least to accept. I don't think it would be scoreline orientated. Um, I think it would be performance orientated. Uh, I think if we get our systems right defensively, in particular, um, that would be a kind of minimum standard for us. I think when we played them last year, um, we brought a lot of intent um, and intensity, but our systems were poor. We didn't get our detail right. um, And that left them, you know, a lot of space out wide. And then when we did get that numbers on out wide, that left them a lot of space to run through us in the middle as well. So for me, um, a minimum standard would be to get our defensive systems right. So not just bring that energy and that intent, but actually have that detail as well. So for me, that's that's
0: really key for, for the weekend. Great stuff. Brilliant. We will we will leave it there. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Rachel Malcolm. Um, absolutely brilliant to, to, to speak to you. What was a really busy week for you? And uh, we wish you all the very very best for Saturday. Go well.
4: Cheers, Johnny. I'm Jill Burns, and you're listening
3: to the wonderful Women's Rugby Pod.
0: Well, we like to cover off all the bases here on the WRP, don't we, Berth? Uh, And we must speak about the uh, the other nations. Let's start with. Ireland, what do you make of their, uh, their squad announcement? Do so you want cap players in there?
1: Yeah, I think it's a good opportunity. A bit like with England, they've got some of their Sevens representatives coming in and being involved. Um, Amy Lee Murphy-Crowe, one of the players who's been outstanding on the World Seven Series, the opportunity to, to come in and see what she can do in a 15 shirt, same with Stacey Flood. So yeah, it's, you know... I would say, you know, the core of Ireland squad is very strong and then bringing in some some uncapped, uh, or sorry, not necessarily uncapped, but players that haven't been in and around that environment so much um, to add to that um, could be a really exciting time for that squad. And, you know, listening to some of the players like Sene Napu, she's talked about how close this squad is at the moment and also Lindsay Pete about... The, the depth that this squad has gone to, to stay connected, to work as hard as they can still, you know, they go into camp on a Friday evening all the way through to a Sunday evening. Um, and so they are really, really looking forward to kind of moulding everything that they've done over the last um, few months um, to put into this performance this weekend and throughout, um, well, not this weekend, they're not playing this weekend, but throughout the, the new format of the Six Nations. I think it's an exciting place to be. We know that Ireland... Are an incredibly talented side, um, so it'd be interesting to see how how this squad uh, mold together and perform.
0: Yeah, obviously not not playing this weekend. We will get a, an Irish guest on next week to to drill down on on them a little bit more. They got a couple of injuries to to worry about: um, Cooney, Adele McMahon, uh, Larissa Muldoon, as well. Um, yeah, not uh, not great to have those experienced players injured but yeah everybody has their their injury concerns as well but it's it's a familiar looking score but as you say they've made huge huge commitments haven't they these girls to as you say stay connected weekends full weekends away most of them got jobs monday to friday it's an unbelievable commitment isn't it yeah well
1: i think all of them have jobs monday to friday um nine till five and yeah look it's a really tough tough place to be in I've been there I've done that and it's incredibly hard and it's not just the weekend work that they're doing it's during the week they're doing regional skills stuff their weight sessions their running session their speed sessions it it really does add up but I think what what that shows is just the passion and the love that they have and they're committed to it you know that they're also remember they haven't qualified for the rugby world cup so every performance every every bit that they put into training is all about that as well so so, yeah, they and I think that's part of the reason probably why they've got so close. They're fighting for so much all the time um, that naturally brings you back, um, brings you close together as a, as a unit.
0: They start up next weekend with uh, Wales away um, and then France at home. That's probably the way you'd want those two fixes.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, look, I feel we're going to see a different Wales squad. I do genuinely think we're going to have a different, um, different looking Welsh squad, which is great. But I think out of the two, you know that France is probably still stronger. So being able to have some of those internal games to play against each other, because, you know, the majority of the Irish girls aren't playing, haven't played rugby. Not many of them are in, right, there's a few of them in the Allianz Premier 15s, but not a lot, not like Scotland or Wales. Um, so it'd be great opportunities for them to, to play a full-fledged fixture before going into to France, knowing that they're probably the tougher of the two.
0: There's a little look at Ireland, as you say, Well, uh, a little bit more in depth uh, with Ireland next week ahead of that g- game against Wales. Italy. Have you been bending the uh, the ear of your your, your chum, Giada Franco? Who's coming, <laughs> to on, on bit. who's coming on next week, by the way? Of course. Of
1: course. Yeah, no, Italy, you know, they've had quite a difficult time. They All their training's been suspended. And throughout the last three or four months, they've had very limited time together. So, you know, for them they're coming from a very different place than maybe some of, well, definitely from the other teams who are involved. But, you know, Italy are everybody's nemesis, really. They're they're the type of team that you do one thing and analysis about them and they produce something completely different. Um, So, but I do think, you know, not having the amount of contact time together as a group and, you know, regular training, fixtures... Will play a big part in, in their preparation to how they go in this tournament.
0: Yeah, I mean, they even suspended training the weekend uh, because of a COVID case, and there's talks of moving in game to Palmer, slightly more COVID secure. So, look, like, it, it's a very fluid situation. We we know that. Um, but one thing they, they they can always rely on is that passion, that never say diet. I, mean, I know, as you say, they a bogey team especially especially for England because it just brings so much physicality and passion
1: yeah it's really true and and it comes back to that they've always been so unpredictable like I'm going back like 10 years the same conversations happen like you (laughs) think they're gonna do this and they literally do something else and I remember Claire Allen and she would always bring it up she'd be like watch out for the random kicks but they're not random you know they're well thought out they're well trained by the opposition but they would just you know pull things out that would just completely throw you off because you've not prepared for that. And that's why they throw off teams. So, yeah, again, not great preparation, but they certainly will be, you know, a difficult side to beat as always.
0: Yeah, home to to England next weekend. Is there, uh, they're going to buy this weekend, uh, following weekend, uh, England at home, not quite sure where that, that's going to be. And then Scotland away in round three before before the playoffs, as I say. Giada Franco next week. And she will give us a little bit more in-depth news as to how everything's everything's going. They've got some time, haven't they, uh, with these cases at the moment? But uh, yeah, we wish them all the best in their their preparation. We're just going to talk about France now, Berth. I mean, we, we, should we just hold the entire conversation in in French? There's...
1: No, that's not fair to our listeners, Johnny.
0: All right, okay. Yeah, no, you know, <laughs> you're you're quite. That's so selfless of you, Berth. We all know that you could hold a conversation, no problem in French. Exactly. But for the listeners, it's so selfless. It's so selfless. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> what did you make in France? <laughs> France, 30, thirty-five. players squad. Um, yeah, plenty of experience in our girl. How make? Uh, it's captaining the uh, the squad. But yeah, not not that many surprises, but quality throughout.
1: Yeah, it's a settled side, isn't it? It's experienced, as you say. It's got all the household names involved. And, yeah, always look forward to the fixtures that France play. But, you know, they have their own nemesis and, and bogeys throughout the Six Nations. You know, they always find Wales a difficult, difficult side to play against. Um, obviously, you look back against the Scotland game. So, And then you look at the England game where, you know, England completely... Wipe them away, and then they come over here in the autumn and, and push it right close, where maybe they deservedly should have won that second autumn test. So, yeah, it's always exciting to to watch France and see how they go. You know, I really hope we see a consistent performance from them because they're, that's going to be the the greatest games to watch and be a part of. And look, I'm not going to lie; I am looking forward to hopefully seeing an England France uh, match within this setup. But you just don't know what's going to happen. I think. Two players I'm really excited to look forward to watching play um, is Sansous. I think she's been outstanding over the last couple of years, um, really pulling the strings and bringing France, bringing France alive. And, and Barnett, the winger, she I think she's one of the most outstanding and underrated players within um, English women's rugby at the moment. So, are you
0: laughing at my my French pronunciations? No, no, no not at all. Barnett. <laughs> Barnett. Barnett's on a wing. Hey. Uh,
1: <laughs> hey, let me be me.
0: <laughs> Love it. And um, Pauline Bourdon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Bourdon? No, Actually. I. I, 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 <laughs> I you know, Birthweek, no apologies for for linking the men in the women's game and comparing it in, in some instances. But a lot of, a lot of chat about the, the psyche of the, 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 the men's French team changing. Uh, and Mr. Sean Edwards coming in there. Is that France's main problem? You know, you, you, you think back to, to games you say in the autumn when actually, whether it be a Lydia Thompson try at Sandy Park or you know, a last minute, you know that Scotland tried just to, to draw that game up. Is is that their biggest issue? Because I don't think there's any competitor. There's there's quality, in every position through the through the through the side, is that their their biggest work on?
1: I uh, yeah, I think that's a big area that I hope that they do work on because that, like you said, the talent that they have and the ability that they have is unbelievable. Um, but it's that mental pressure. It's that finishing a game out, knowing when to play, when not to play. You know. You look at the weekend with the last weekend with the men's French game um you know the back trying to just play a game, but not understanding how to manage in those times and and I think that's a big area that you would have thought game management game understanding that they wanna try and work towards, you know sometimes you've got to be a bit boring to to close games out and to win them um and so yeah, I'd like to think that they're working on their psyche, that side of the mental side of thing and just, yeah, you just see them, you see it slip away from them. You see, you know, they get a foothold in the game and then all of a sudden a couple of people switch off or think, you know, the job's done and, oh, it doesn't matter. And, and you can, the body language can sometimes look like that with the French players. Like it's like, oh, well. And I think, you know, they need to turn that around and they need to bring, you know, the, the performances that they can do. They've got to be able to do that for 80 minutes because they are a side that can beat anybody, whether that's New Zealand, England, and come World Cups, they will be in those quarterfinals. They will be in those semifinals. But they've never had that mental edge to get over. And that's something that they need to be looking at for the next 12 months.
0: Does lack of crowd affect them the most out of the Six Nations teams?
1: Well, only if they're playing at home, you
0: know. Yeah. we go. France-Wales at the weekend, um, Saturday. Yeah, I mean, there no crowd there.
1: Yeah, no, I think it does make a big difference to them. But, you know, you look at how England played against them away. Was that in Poe? Yeah. Last Six Ooh. Nations? Yeah. I think it, I think it was in Poe, yeah. And, you know, the crowd was unbelievable. Um, but I, I, I don't think they understand how much their crowd give the opposition energy as well. Um, and it lifts them and pushes them so yeah look I think they do play really well when they do have a crowd but hopefully you know they would have learned to to play without them over the last few months
0: well of course uh yeah we're talking about France uh, who host Wales at the weekend it would be remiss not to get a little bit of uh, news and insight into Wales Delighted to be joined by Sean Lillycrap now the Wales captain, to give us the inside scoops, hopefully, on what's going on in Wales ahead of their game against France at the weekend. Sean, thank you so much for joining us on the on the WRP. Um, it, it's been a week of media, so we, we won't keep you too long. Um, how was the? Uh, how, how was the virtual launch for you yesterday? it was a
3: different experience um but obviously the new norm pretty much we've been living on online haven't we since last March essentially but um yeah it was great it was great to see the other captains and you know have a and a and get you know see how they've been going as well over the last few months um and it was great you know to talk about our journey and where we've been at since uh pre-COVID essentially and now, something to really look forward to and kicking off our campaigns
0: this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to. I mean, you, there's not going to be any paxman like questions here. We just want to check in with you guys, see where everyone's at. Um, you know, it, it, from the outside, it, it seems like really exciting times. So the reason I mentioned the launch is because it was the first time that there the was a, a women's Six Nations launch by itself. Obviously, the tournament stand alone by itself now. Your your personal views on that? Big um, opportunity.
3: Yeah, that's that's my personal view. It's a big opportunity. You know, we're grateful that we've got the opportunity to play this this season. And um, you know, it's been a long time coming essentially. As as Wales, we were preparing for a Scotland fixture from last year's Six Nations, back in September, October, which was cancelled eventually, um, to then be back in early Jan prepping when Six Nations got postponed. So We're just really grateful now to be able to put everything we've done on the training pitch into reality, into into a game. You know, that's what we all we all train for is to play those games and go into those battles. Um, And you know, it's an opportunity for hopefully the media to get behind us. You know, it's really exciting that it's on BBC iPlayer um, and the nation of Wales and and you know other countries to get behind this tournament. and see what Women's Rugby is about and see how it's grown, it's continuing to develop and it's an exciting brand of rugby. Um, so hopefully we get some real good exposure and the exciting bit is you know, you've got that Super Saturday type finish in that final weekend that anyone could almost cause an upset throughout those first few weeks and, and those that, that final weekend might not look like everyone's predicting. So you know, for us as Wales that's really exciting and it's an opportunity to challenge other nations and see where we really measure
0: up. Um, you, you said something interesting yesterday that um, obviously this is the, the 2D world that we're, we're living in and we're slowly easing our way out of it. But you said um, that actually it brought your your squad closer because actually you're know, talking to people was really intense and you, you had that one-on-one time or even that sort of intense time together. You possibly wouldn't do when you're sort of together. Um, how important is that going to be coming into a, a Six Nations?
3: I think it's going to be hugely important. You know, what what COVID has made us do is think about things differently and think outside the box and uh, challenge ourselves in a different way. And to be fair, you know, Warren's come in and he he's embraced that and really, really challenged us. Um, but, yeah, you know, we've really tapped into essentially our, our whys, our meanings as individuals, what we want to achieve and, and shared that as, as as a group, which... You know, in maybe a normal world where we are in each other's presence quite a bit, we might not have picked up those conversations. So it's made us chat about different things, really, to understand each other better, which hopefully will transfer now into performance and really help our performance. Because, you know, unity, cohesion and understanding each other in a team sport is probably underrated, but actually hugely, hugely important to, to go to battle together, essentially.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's touch on Warren. Um, he's come in from the sevens. Yeah, the the squad has got a bit of freshness to it. We'll, we'll talk about players in just a second, if you don't mind. But what what what's bringing what's Warren bringing to the party that 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 is slightly different?
3: Um, I think it's just a breath of fresh air, to be honest. You know, Warren is uh, full of innovation, full of ideas, um, and is all about unity and and, and culture as well. Um, and you know what he does like to do as well is challenge us as players, and probably been challenged in ways that we haven't been before. You know, a lot of responsibility lies on lies on us, which is great. Allows us to make decisions, which is fantastic. You know, we've got to make decisions in the field, so um, empowering us to make those other decisions throughout the week and in the training environment and off the field is is really really important. Um, you know, he's challenged me as a leader in in ways I haven't been challenged before, which is brilliant because. It's made me think about myself differently. It's made me um, reflect on myself differently, and, and put me in uncomfortable positions where I'm going to be in in, a, in a, on a game day situation, or you know, off, away from game day as well. But um, yeah, you know, we've had to prove our worth, which is, which is brilliant. You know, it's uh, it's an honour to represent Wales. It's an honour to represent in the in the Women's Six Nations, and it's not a given. And um, you know, what we've probably tapped into is realising that even more how much of a privileged position we're in and we absolutely are and we're really grateful to be where we are and we're super excited to show really where we've come not just obviously since warren but you know pre um at the end of the last six nations and through summer you know the girls are putting in a lot of hard graft away from the environment obviously at that point with a focus on on world cup um but to bring that to life now in, over the next month we're really looking forward
0: to. Um, it would be remiss if we didn't just touch on on Rachel Taylor. Um, uh, it would be unfair to to put you on the spot and, and sort of give you a, give a personal kind of point of view. But it's, it's not ideal. And um, you know, a lady of such incredible respect in the women's game, it, it's left a hole, I suspect.
3: Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I know Rachel as, as she was a teammate, a captain mm. when I first, uh, you know, went into Wales and he was your respected captain and leader. Um, she's a great person and, and a friend. Um, and yeah, you know, the girls would be gutted, obviously, to see Rachel go. But we wish her well and I'm sure Rachel will succeed in whatever she does next.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we, yeah, we, we do wish her all the very, very best. Um Talking about players then, just looking at your squad, a really nice blend between some youth um, and some real-form players playing really, really well in, in the Premier 15s. And then some experience back. You know, I think of the likes of um friend of the pod, Shona Powell-Hughes, who's been out of the squad yeah. a little bit, um, got herself in tremendous condition back in the squad. Your take yeah. on, on that squad on the mix?
3: I think it's super exciting. Um, You know, we were a young squad in in 2019 in, in the Six Nations last year, 2020. A lot of new caps that season across the board, 15 plus. So, you know, those girls now, what's exciting is newly capped that season. But many of those have been playing for Allianz 15's teams throughout this season. So they would have got better exposure, played lots of rugby going into this tournament couple of new caps in there as well. Um, Exciting new caps, which I'm looking forward to seeing them go and, uh, you know, sharing that journey with them. It's a special, special time receiving that first cap. Um, And then, as you say, bringing some um, other girls back in, you know, showing her one of those. And she's worked incredibly hard over lockdown and beyond lockdown as you said, to get into great shape. So, you know, showing us a great addition there and, and the likes of Carol Thomas coming back in as yeah. well with, with some experience. So we brought a little bit of experience back in, plus obviously all of our new caps from, from a season ago and then a couple of new caps again. So it's an exciting squad. The exciting bit is, is you know, Warren's having headaches now with selection with with that type of strength and depth and players on form in the Premier 15, which is outstanding.
0: Yeah, nice, nice headaches to have. Uh, possibly yeah. something that Wales kind of possibly boasted in, in 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 the past. Just a couple more from me. If you don't know that Welsh score particularly well, um, give us one player to look out for that possibly people won't know quite so much about. Spot, um, nice not it?
3: Oh, that has. I, w- I didn't expect that question. Uh, <laughs> Yay, got her! <laughs> yeah. Um, There's a couple I want to name, but go on. That's fine. I'll give you two. So one player and cap player, um, Meg Davis has just just joined the squad. Young scrum half, Exeter Chiefs. Um, Yeah, she's she's one for the future. Absolutely, Um, Courtney Keat, Only two caps Courtney's got, I believe it is, um, but has been playing on the wing for Bristol this year. Um, and has probably stamped their ground in that. So changed position from maybe thirteen before. Um and has played outstanding actually for for Bristol this year. So those those two are probably watch watches and um can set a the field alight.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. We will keep an eye out for them.
3: Then France. Uh we just uh, wrap things up as
0: I throw my microphone around. Um, <laughs> France, I'm getting all excited for the game already, I'm not even playing. Um what, what, it's going to be different, isn't it? Because you know, the, the France play off their crowd can get you know, put off their game by the crowd. There isn't going to be a crowd there, but what do you expect from France? And it's going to be double layered, this question, I'm afraid. what are you expecting from France? Um, and is it the best time to have them first up? Are you hoping to do a sort of Argentina against New Zealand where you all have you guys haven't played for, for so long and you rip into that first game?
3: I, I think you nailed that, Johnny. I think... Um, we're excited to have them as our as our first game uh for two reasons they're a great side uh you know one of the best sides in the world to challenge ourselves against that type of opposition first up is something we we want to relish and and actually challenge ourselves and yeah they haven't played much rugby um they're you know so maybe some they wouldn't have had a game to settle into before before we face them. France is always tough in France. So that's an advantage to having them first. Um, they won't have their crowds, but we're absolutely expecting um, a physical battle. You know, they've got some great athletes, great players um, that can, you know, are, are multi-talented across the field, like ball carrying, kicking, they're multi-dimensional. You know, they love they love counter-attacking. Um, they love thriving off, off other teams' mistakes. So, you know, we... We need to be crisp there. Um, but, you know, it's always that that physical contact in the breakdowns and then they move the ball. So, you know, we've got to be on our game. Absolutely. But, you know, we've prepped well for that. And, you know, what, as I said, I've said this week, you know, Warren's brought in a different brand of rugby for us and an exciting brand, which gives us some freedom to play, essentially. So hopefully what you'll see from a whale squad this weekend as well is uh is a little bit of a, a different style of play and a little bit more of moving the ball and actually challenging opposition. So um, it'd be interesting to see how France deal with us as well. So um, yeah, but it will be a it will be a, a great battle, that's for sure. Oh
0: right, well, and uh, your your last answer is. Not only as a great promo for the game, but um, also as uh, yeah, give me lots of other thoughts for questions. But look, we will wrap it up there. Um, we're doing whistle-stop tour around, around the home units. And I really, really appreciate you you finding the time this week because it's been a really busy week. And I wish you all the very best against France. And, uh, yeah, we'll be watching on.
3: Brilliant. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be on here.
0: On to the Principality then, Berth. I've just got a little feeling that they're going to be uber competitive.
1: Oh, yeah. When aren't Wales competitive? Um, they're a side that – we I mean, we do talk about it with most nations having this passion, but there's something in the Welsh waters that really does bring it alive.
0: But what, what I meant by that birth was actually some – and again, I – Respect, but actually some depth behind that. Um, I mean, we do, we're talking just just a second about the the news last week, which is uh, bizarre and strange. But Warren Abraham's coming in. Um, you know, Rachel Taylor, Taylor was there. Some more experienced players come back into the squad. There, just, there just seems to be a, a sense of a world's really, really growing in, in in all areas.
1: Yeah, do you know what I think it is? I think it feels like they have a real purpose now. It's not like, oh, we're going to prep for the six nations because, you know, it's coming up. It's you know, you know what we're going to invest. We're going to bring in full-time coach. We're going to have a program in place where, you know, we're looking at our sevens as well. And I think that, in itself, makes all the players buy into something even more so. Um, and having that purpose and having that goal and having that opportunity, you know, looking ahead to that World Cup. This has done well a big favourite being um, postponed as well. It allows Warren to really come in and to learn and understand players. He's been watching all the Premier 15's games, finding where his Welsh players are that haven't been involved in the squad for whatever reason. You know, Beth Dainton being one of them has been outstanding for Harlequins. Um, you know, has been left out for whatever reason over the last few years, sees her playing a Quinn shirt, brings her back in, adds huge value. Same with Gemma Rowland. You know, these players that have real amounts of talent and experience added to some of the players who are, you know, Eleanor Snowsteel, who's kind of, you know, your solid key players within that side. um But, yeah, I think, you know, Warren, for anybody who doesn't know him, you know, he's a coach that does things slightly differently. So I think you you are going to see some different creativity from the side, some real connection with the group and and that purpose, that purpose can do so much for a side.
0: Yeah, I think you absolutely hit the nail on the head. It's you're valued, uh, your worth is here. Because this is the commitment we're, we're making to it, and that you know that hasn't been there before from from the Wru, and, and and it is now, and it's there, black and white, and people can be made accountable to it. Let's uh, carry on with the squad. I, I'm with you. I think he's gone out and looked, hasn't he, um, for for those players? You know, Jess Roberts, a uh, sales scrum half. He's got obviously looked out uh, and seen what she's been up to. Till I win Jones as well, uh, the the sale prop. Uh, Flo Williams, of course, perception agency, friend of the pod. Um, really delighted to, to see, her, see her in the ranks. Uh, Donna Rose as well. Um, Gemma Rowland comes back in. So, yeah, there's a few experienced heads. Again, another friend of the pod, uh, Shona Powell Hughes in that squad. He hasn't been afraid, I think because he hasn't been involved in the setup, He's coming in afresh and it seemed like quite a closed shop. Um, yeah. People were selected when they possibly shouldn't have been. And unless you're in Wales, you can't be selected and, and that kind of, I think he's just, he smashed that apart and said, well, I'm just getting the best players to play for Wales. If you're on form for like you, bang, you're in the squad.
1: Yeah. I, I think what he's done, is broken down any barriers to, to yeah. get players, to get talent. Yeah. And instead of making things difficult for a side that, you know, needs acceleration in this area, and you know I think what he's come in he's gone right it's a blank canvas no one's in until you play yourself in um and you've got to earn your right when you're in there and I think you know that naturally will breed competitiveness that will make players um work hard want to come in in best form prepare the best that they can and, and you know that hunger and that belief and that desire when you've got a coach that's like that that's kind of like look it, an opportunity is right here in front of you. You've got to take it, though. And I think when you get that message over to players, they if they want it, they'll take it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, question marks over Kira Bevan. That that would be a a, a loss at scrum half, um, whether she's fit or not. So all this positivity then, birth. Will shock the departure of Rachel Taylor.
1: Yeah, like I can't get my head around it. Um not sure what's gone on there. Um really disappointing. you know, she's a player that's sorry, she's not a player. She's a coach that is so qualified for that position. Um and to to see her go is a real disappointment and just knowing how she has been as a leader and a captain from speaking to players that she's um that have been under her as a, their captain. It is a big loss. Um you know, I've spoken to a couple of the Welsh players um, off the record and, and it's the same for them. They're disappointed, they're shocked. And, yeah, be, it'll be interesting what comes out. Um, you know, Rachel has always worked for the WRU, so has always had their back. And so it would be interesting what happens if, if there's a press release that comes out or she speaks out or or maybe there's nothing, you know, sinister about any of this. Yeah. Um, but who knows, but I think a few people are interested if she's going to go for that Bristol head coach job.
0: Oh, yeah, <laughs> thought about that one, I getcha, no, look, I, I, I think, but, yeah,
1: but Wales is her dream job though, so, you know,
0: or perhaps go off and get some club experience and and then come back in a, in a few years' time. I know Bristol are, are properly, properly getting behind the, the, the women's uh, side now. Um, but yeah, I yeah, hadn't thought about that. I, yeah, I don't think we'll hear any more on on, on on why, certainly on the record anyway. Prediction then?
1: Um, well, I don't think you can look past France. Um like, I think I think we will see a different Welsh side. I think we will see a more competitive, more tactical um, awareness side. Um, but I don't think they have yet the physicality or the power to match and dominate France. Um, but who knows? Who knows? But I'm going to go with France.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. This is just a reminder of the Women's Six Nations fixtures for this weekend, three o'clock at Castle Park from Pool A, England against Scotland, live on the BBC iPlayer. And later on on Saturday, eight o'clock kickoff. Again, live on the BBC iPlayer and BBC Wales as well. France take on Wales. Loads of news this week. Uh, birth, exciting women's Six Nations. Community rugby here in England is back. Big, big news. People can't wait. Get in touch with us. Let us know what you're up to this weekend in terms of playing. Actually, do you want better still? Let us know Sunday, Monday how the how the bodies are feeling. Um, wonder how the bodies are feeling for some of these Premier Fifteen teams the weekends because it was a massive weekend. Some really, really big fixtures. Must start. The only place really to start is uh, the top two. And we often say there's not much between you two. And at the weekend, there was literally nothing between you two.
1: Yeah, what a great game that it was. Um, really, really tight game throughout. Um, Cor, I I think during the whole game, you couldn't massively call it. I think there was a period where second half, Harlequins came out. And I think that they were on top. And I thought, you know what, we're going to run away with this. Um, but, you know, Saracen stayed in the fight. Both teams, um, you know, in their own 22s, the amount of turnovers, yeah, and they're two areas that both teams are normally really, really successful in. They get into those areas, they're often coming away with points, but both teams defended so, so well. Um, and that just, that last penalty, really unfortunate, which allowed, um, you know, good um, management, understanding that a draw will keep them at the top at the moment, um, should they continue to wish to win the rest of their games. Um, and, yeah,
0: to finish the game like that was it was a real shame. Swap it round because, you know, Lea, Leanne Riley had scored that little cheeky try right through the through the middle. And then, uh, as you say, the last minute penalty for Zoe Harrison, 80th minute uh, or 70th minute, I should say. Um, if you're a captain, would you have made the same choice in those circumstances? Or would you have gone for the corner? <clears throat>
1: Uh, well, it depends because if we're sitting first at the top of the table.
0: Yeah, if your Saracens in that position.
1: Yeah, I think, look, like I said, I think both teams in getting into the position of the 22, you know, normally you back both teams to kick to the corner, drive them all and get it over. Whereas both teams are causing. Real trouble for both of um, for the opposition in those areas, and in fact, turning things over and not getting those tries. So I think you have to measure up where you've been successful in that area. Zoe Harrison, knowing that she's going to slot that three points, you know, a fairly easy kick from by her standards in front of the yeah. post, um, and that then takes the draw, and then you stay at the top of the table, and the and the rest is still in your hands. So I think it was the right decision. Um, I think had you been dominant and really successful in that area, you might have gone, do you know what? We can go for this. We can go for the win. We back that. Um, so, yeah, I've would go. i gone for that decision as well.
0: Yeah. Eddie Green, uh, nicely again, one of, one of those New England development players. Uh, Fee Fletcher with the truck. Saracen's played. So, of course, May Campbell scored. Uh, <laughs> just goes hand in hand. So, yeah, 17-all it was between uh, the top two in the league Uh, The other big big old game, wasn't it? There's this battle that's brewing uh, in behind really that now third um, as Loughborough against Exeter down at Sandy Park. Tough old affair.
1: Yeah, it was always going to be a really physical and tight battle between the two. I think... Loughborough didn't start very well, um, and that something about Exeter when they get going, they they become an extraordinary side to to be able to stop because they get that belief and they buy into what they do, and and they can continue to do things very well, and and that's sometimes really difficult to then stop when a team is kind of on the rampage. Um, but great character to to show that Loughborough did pull it back, and and that will give them the confidence that they need that they can be in in the fight and and push teams and you know give another 10 minutes we could have been looking at a different result
0: yeah but they did the same to you didn't they charge back up at Loughborough so emmy every scout's going a couple of tries it seems to time those comebacks a little bit um a little bit too late. But, uh, yeah, 17-12 it was to the Chiefs. A fair play to them because yeah, they, they needed to win that to to stay in the in the hunt uh, with only a, a couple of games left. So, uh, fair play to Susie Appleby's side. Was 50 sales sharks. Nail Liz Craig with a, a couple of tries. Maude Muir with a hat-trick. Um, decent week for her hat-trick. And call up to the England squad as a development player uh was continuing to to do what we expect from them right now, especially against a team like Sale.
1: Yeah, and it was also really good to see, you know, some you like the loads of likes of Flo Williams getting an opportunity to start and play, um, especially with her call up with Wales. So it's great um for her. But yeah, I think we're we're just seeing the wasps continue from their form where they've been more I mean she is a very young exciting um prospect for, for the future of England part of the under 20s and now you know one of the England development players that having in the camps um it's it, it's it's awesome to see and you know we've we've longed for young exciting talent to come along and it but it's here um and we're seeing the
2: lights of it there.
0: Well, West, uh back to, to Saturday in a second, but Sunday's game, it was a cracker at six ways. Really, really was. Uh, I had the privilege of, of being there with uh, with Laura Keats. Um, a hell of a game. I mean, very, really nervous, nervy, couple of couple of opening minutes. And then Worcester played some of the best rugby they played all season. Yeah, I,
1: it, we spoke about it last week, didn't we, Johnny? The fact that I think Bristol's are, they're not in a great place at the moment. Um, and... Worcester have been improving week on, week out, you know, having that close um, loss the week before. And it's great to see. They have so much talent within their side. And I think you're starting to see that gel, that that responsibility from all the players doing their role, doing their job to allow them to to get themselves into a position where they're absolutely free-flowing and playing really well. I think they'll be disappointed with, you know, allowing Bristol to come back that that well uh, and to bring it within kind of a score. Um, but yeah, like again, another great fixture that people can look forward to, and people can't necessarily call one way or the other. And you know, and that's the beauty of this is that every week, you know, when we're doing our prediction, it's like, Oh, could it be? Couldn't it be? And so, just yeah, another great game for, for the league as a whole.
0: Yeah, hat trick for uh, Carmen Schmeling. Um, I certainly made a hat trick for her, anyway. I'm not sure of the, uh, the officials made of it um yeah and a cracking cracking score for Jade checkles um, really was a, a a thing of beauty and Simmy pound comes on and, and changes it yellow card uh extraordinary um super doctor super rugby player um absolutely brilliant uh dmp seven close to heartbreak 38 much closer to score scoreline with the greatest respect
1: Yeah, I guess that's a way to look at it. Um, Yeah, I think, you know, it was a brilliant try that um, DMP scored. It was an outstanding try. Um, But it's kind of like you need more of those moments and how they create those opportunities they need to to do more of um, to be competitive and to push sides. Um, But, you know, Gloucester-Hartbury, you know, even without a few of their, their starting players, they are definitely driving uh, you know on a high scale now they're they're pushing pushing sides they they're pushing the top four as well at times but they just can't kind of finish and I think you know in these games they're learning how to to perform for the entire 70 minutes and not just have parts of their game where they're performing really well so yeah really another good strong performance for Gloucester
0: Heartbreak Next week uh, DMP against Wasps Suspect Exeter fans will be cheering on DMP uh, because they will need results to to, to go their way. Uh, only to get a couple of bonus points in their last two fixtures as well against Sale and Gloucester Hartbury. Um, yeah, was all but qualified, really. So the table was uh, at Sales, as I say, on 69. Harlequins is behind on 63. Was that game in hand, which uh, against DMP this weekend, on 56. So you're Thinking that's probably going to get up to uh, sixty-one. Loughborough in fourth on fifty-four, Exeter forty-eight, Gloucester Hartbury forty-five, Worcester twenty-eight, Bears twenty-two, Sale fifteen, and Durham yet to get off the mark. So, uh, how are your predictions for last week, Beth?
1: Pretty good. Yeah.
0: <sighs> Nay bad. Huh? I think we're uh, we're level now then because... Well, no, because I won the week before. You won the week before, I won this week. How did you win this week? Because I went for Exeter. Right. Yeah. You went for Bristol, I went for Worcester. No, I went Worcester. <laughs> I went Worcester all day long. It's written in, in stone. <laughs> Listen back to it. Listen back uh, okay. to it. There you go. we won all, as it were. But uh, Tom... Our team has got the weird and wonderful scoring, so um, we'll, we'll just leave him to do that, but yeah, one all uh, away from England. The news for around the overworld big news coming out of New Zealand, berth. the Blues and Chiefs, uh, creating history by putting teams together from those franchises. This historic game will be played. Where else would you play a historic game like this? Uh, in New Zealand, but Eden Park on Saturday, the 1st of May. Anna Richards involved in the Blues set up. Wonderful player that uh, she was. And Latoya Mason, your old chum, Red Rose's uh, scrum half World Cup winner, on the Chiefs coaching team.
1: Yeah, what, that's such a great step and development um, in New Zealand. You know, everybody talks about Super Rugby and how excited it is. So it's great that the women are now part of that. And I, I'm really chuffed for Latoya uh, Mason. She's going to be a huge asset to the Chiefs.
0: What I like about that, Perth, is obviously there's other other franchises, aren't there? Uh, you know, the Highlanders and what have you. And actually, it, it almost forces their hand to do the same.
1: Yeah, I mean, it maybe this is the right route. You know, we we talk all the time about not just doing things for the sake of doing them, or how the men have done them, and you know, maybe building it out with two teams is the right way, and and making that a really exciting franchise, just the two of them, and then building it out for the future. And um, but yeah, it does. Like anything, you know, we see it in our Allianz Premier Fifteen. Clubs are looking in; they want to be a part of it. So um, yeah, it can only be a really good thing.
0: And in Europe?
1: Yeah, so the Europe Rugby Committee um, and subcommittee members decided of 45 members for 26 unions, 10 will be female. And Nikki Ponsford from the Rugby Football, English Rugby Football Union, will be the chair of the Women's Subcommittee.
0: Indeed, so. Canada, some inductees to their Rugby Canada Hall of Fame. 29 captain. Uh, Leslie Cripps, I remember meeting her on that roundabout at the bar in Paris, 2014. Um, we shared a beer uh, together. What a what a character she is. Uh, as well as Moria Shields, Josie, Lecante. can't uh, uh, three World Cups I think Josie uh, put together. And that uh, 2014, so we just been talking about that uh, they got to the final. Uh, it's put into the Rugby Canada Hall of Fame. Other news birth this week. And a little bit like the, the fantasy league going on with the women's six nations. These things are traditionally just involved with the with the men's game, coming into the women's game. Yep. We are partnering with Match Pint. For the first ever time, there is a prediction game for the Women's Six Nations. The Pint Predictor is a game on the free Match Pint app, which is available on your iPhone or Android, of course. There is an awesome way to make every game of the tournament even more exciting and get rewarded for being right with some of their great rugby prizes. You can play against uh, your friends or join a private league. Our private league code is TWRP that's TWRP on the match pint app and there's your chance to take on birth to take on I as you heard earlier we get slightly competitive about these uh, these predictions so uh, yeah you're ch- <laughs> yeah right um, you're an international player for as long as you are Berth. for that makes sense. Um, yeah, you can take uh, Berth and I on. Uh, there's some awesome prizes up for grabs, including dozens of the Six Nations tickets for 2022, of course. Ultimate Guinness home viewing bundles, including beers and glasses and shirts and sack slippers, bunting even, um, and loads of great Guinness rugby stash as well. So do get involved. Match Point Predictor uh, on their app. And the code is TWRP. We will see you there. Must just give a shout out to those uh, amateur clubs who've been in contact with us. Of course, lots of people returning, not only uh, this 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 week during the week uh, to amateur rugby, uh, but at the weekend as well. Amateur Harlequins, Westport League, Jovial Rugby Club, uh, back Tuesday and Thursday. So, good luck to all of those, and thanks ever so much as ever for getting in touch. Come on, then, Berth. We had your predictions. Oh, well, no, I was just, we had your predictions for the games, didn't we? England by seventy eight and France by uh eighty four. <laughs> so that's on the Max Pipe predictor. No, you're 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 going England and France, yeah.
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: England and France. I I'm gonna tuck in behind and do exactly the same, but the points difference, <laughs> the points difference will be uh will be different. But uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate us as long as it's five stars or above. Uh, get in touch. We are we're everywhere now, aren't we? on social media birth it's, it's your bag yeah. where are we where, where are we coming yeah.
1: from you can literally find us anywhere and uh, whether that's you know on facebook instagram youtube you know in linkedin you name it we're there so get in touch with us give us a shout let us know how this week's gone good luck to everybody returning back to rugby give us a shout let us know how things went how sore you might be and um, how excited everybody's been um, but yeah we look forward to hearing from you
0: yeah indeed. so huge thank you uh, to our guests uh, and a huge thank you to the team behind making all the wheels and cogs go around nice and smoothly enjoy your rugby getting back out there on the park enjoy the sunshine and enjoy the women's six nations until next
2: time